Welcome to the Pod Bay Door. everybody thanks for tuning in to the show this is the pod bay door you can find us on itunes podcast at the pod bay door as well as the pod bay door youtube channel or try out the Podbean app or any of your favorite apps to download current and past episodes you can also find us on stitcher radio for podcast google play and now tune in please hit subscribe like and download on all of your favorite social sites this is jamie and joining me uh, as always is adam adam how you doing good how's everybody going and Sam's in the background again. He's he's our producer in tech. Sam, how's it going, man? Doing great. How about you guys? Good, thank you. And way in the back, we got uh, we got Hal. He's helping us with all of our camera work, uh, just in case things shut off in the middle of things. Uh, today we welcome our guest Julia Shoup. Hi, Julia. Hi. We are thrilled to have Julia on the show today. She is a novelist. She, her newest book is Barren Waters. A post-apocalyptic tale of survival. We're going to talk to her about this, her experiences with digital content publishing, and all of her influences and her upcoming books. Really exciting. Uh, Folks, we love the comments and show suggestions. Please keep them coming in. Uh, As always, I try to uh, include uh, a couple here on the show. Uh, Let's see. We have Home Mom 964 wrote, There is nothing wrong with participation trophies. I think home mom is referring to something I uh, referred to uh, that uh, on the last episode. Um, it was it was a joke, flippant as it may have been, but it was a joke. Um, participation trophies um, were nice uh, to to hand out, uh, especially when when someone uh, possibly you know in the grade school area was not being recognized. But now it's turned into, uh, in in my opinion, a crutch. Uh, uh, participating is is a reward in and of itself, and I think the number one thing that we have lost is the ability to lose. To lose, yeah. yeah, yeah uh, we we kids don't know the feeling of loss. It it's awful. It sucks, and and I think it, it needs to be uh, reestablished. Uh, you know, second place, there's second place, there's third place, and then there's, you know, the, and then that's it. Um, we need to be able to hit home runs. We need to be able to score in soccer. We need to make our children uh, uh, or, or have our children prepared for the world, and that includes loss. So well, Prepared um, is a word, too. You yes. Know, they need, there's a process of, of getting from, you know, training to first place. You know, you can't just start at first place. Nope. You, know? you have to work your way up. Yeah. Just like anything else in life, and uh, I think you hit the nail on the head big time. That losing helps build what we what we call as character. It's part of who you are. You know what I mean? You learn from your experience. You recover. Everyone recovers a different way, but you learn from it and it makes you stronger. It's not supposed to just keep you down. It's just, just it helps make you stronger and you carry on, move forward to the next step. Exactly. So, uh, well, home mom, I, I I know you were probably think I was being flippant. I wasn't. I am against the 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 movement. Um, and uh, I just feel that our society is now clawing our way to the middle, and then we're staying there and happy, and we shouldn't. We shouldn't be scared of excellence, so uh, we'll let that one go. Now, uh, on the lighter side, Comic-Con Cosgirl wrote, thanks for mentioning the amazing LB Comic-Con, and again, that's coming in June. Uh, You're welcome. 
uh, what would be your cosplay? What would your cosplay characters be? Uh, Julia, ahead. Julia, we'll have you answer that one first. Uh, if I'm going to answer, you're going to have to tell me what cosplay is. Okay, cosplay is. Uh, oh, Adam, <laughs> Adam, explain cosplay. Uh, it's where people dress up as characters from comic books or video okay. games. It's basically whatever. Halloween, um, but full yeah, time. Halloween, basically. Um, but you know, with a, a little bit of a purpose, they're there to kind of sh- you know show their geekness, show their spirit. So There's really no boundaries. Yeah. Like you pick your favorite characters from a movie, TV show, video game, or whatever you like, and you can put your spin on it and your version on it, and no one's going to critique you for it. It's just you showing what kind of fan you are. Like uh, there's a lot of uh, what's that called? Um, mixed gender cosplay. Like some girls will cosplay as Doctor Who, and then there's a series of like group of guys that cosplay as a uh, like Nurse Joy from Pokemon, or they cosplay as uh, the princess from Disney, and it's hilarious because okay. you know these guys do self-expression. It on like yeah, that, there you, you go. Know. All right, so. I'm gonna go for Electra. Oh, Electra, yeah. Nice. I was gonna say let's not mix Julia's gender because she's pretty. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah, man, no, Electra's good. perfect. Yeah, yeah that's so. good call. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah, she yeah. ties in Sam and I did the movie premiere of Electra with Jennifer oh, Garner. Yeah. Yes, oh, I love her. Was she there? She was yes. there. Garner was there. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice person. I don't understand her Capital One card. I don't understand the whole marketing thing. I mean, she's pretty, but Gorgeous. what is what is she? I don't understand that. Well, it's it's for her kids' uh, school funds, right? It's you know. right. <laughs> kids got to go to college. Still got to get paid. Yeah, yeah. I guess. You know, a- alias only went so far. Uh-huh. Right. Sure. Right. But it, alias is great. Oh, it was good. Love it was good. Yeah. What was your choice item for cosplay? Yeah. If you had an option. Cosplay, um, I guess something I've done recently, Clark Kent or, or oh, yeah, uh, Casey nice. Jones from the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, yes, you have very nice something Casey like Jones. Yeah. That was a good one. Okay. Nice. And, well, I'm sorry, what was your choice, Sam? Oh, mine would be uh, Deathstroke. Deathstroke's one of my favorite uh, Deathstroke. dark characters. Deathstroke. from yeah. okay. Batman's uh, Rogues Gallery. Okay. Because yeah. I made the mask actually one year for Halloween. Adam seen it and I actually uh, purchased a airsoft gun. Like I went the full nine for the outfit. Uh, it was pretty good. Scared a couple kids that tried okay. to get candy. Nice. nice. Yeah. Nice. So I think I yeah. succeeded pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> you can scare kids. You're, you've done, you know. Yes. I, I think I'd have to go with probably Colossus. Ooh, nice. Yeah. That's a good one. All right, way in the back in the cheap seats, Hal. Oh, man. What do you think? Hal's not Mike. He's just helping out. He's helping out. Green Lantern. Green Lantern. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. Really? Nice. That's what his name's really? Hal. Yeah. 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 So... So you would you would go with CG CG costume and everything. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we just put him in one of those giant green man suits. No, no I'll fall, I'll follow Hal with a green screen. I'll just hold it behind him, go. That's and then you go. Adam can do the editing <laughs> the whole night. <laughs> All right, guys, it's time for the Las Vegas three. Julia, we pick uh, three happenings over the week uh, that happened in Las Vegas, and we try to um, keep current and see what's going on. Uh, Floyd uh, Mayweather. Uh, do you know Floyd? Do you know Floyd? Oh, yeah. Money okay. Mayweather? Okay, yeah. Hell no, pa- Floyd. Popeye? Floyd Popeye Mayweather? <laughs> um, uh, his house was broken into. Now, I, 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 I don't take any joy in that. Uh, we have a real problem in Las Vegas with, with home break-ins. Um, but uh, uh, just, just as an aside, Floyd, made, he's, he's, all of these problems that he's having and all of the arguments he's having regarding his uh, supposed uh, upcoming uh, fight against Conor McGregor. I don't know if you know, uh, uh, an MMA fighter in the UFC has, uh, has put out the challenge to Floyd Mayweather to fight. Floyd being a boxer and then the Conor McGregor being a, a MMA. And so there's this big controversy over that. Um, uh, 
and uh, Conor McGregor has, in a way, split with the UFC and all the people involved and Dana White. I, I, probably Dana's the one that broke in the house. He was just, you know, just <laughs> Maybe um, trying to get back a right. percentage. But uh, uh, as far as guys and sports and everything else, that's one of a, it's a huge Las Vegas issue. Uh, people want to see it. I don't care. Uh, you wouldn't. You, you wouldn't care. I would skip that I, one. Absolutely not care. Yeah. Well, after the last fight, I might skip that one too. All right. Right. Or was it fast forward in that fight? Yeah, they would be boxing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, so, they'd have to. Yeah, because well, yeah, Floyd, Floyd doesn't Floyd, know how to do they're it. They're below the waist. He's not. Yeah. You know, they're not going on. So thumb wrestling is not an option for this one. Yeah. No, that's too bad. I don't think they would have the draw for that. Yeah, darn. But, but um, and then well, maybe something that that does that does interest you. I don't know. Actually. This isn't the first time his house has been broken into. Really? Yeah. Uh, in 2008, he had $7 million worth of jewelry stolen. This time, it was a paltry $150,000. Well, it was probably like one watch for or, him. Or so. that's what he filed. Right. Well, you know who I got broken into, right? <laughs> right. Because he was busy posting on social media that he's out of town in uh, yeah, he was California busy, uh, partying. partying up with Justin Bieber. Like, that's oh, with Biebs again? Yeah, the Biebs. Oh, man, the stories I can tell you about Beeps. He was so rude to my drivers. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. We, 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 the, the, no Bieber fever here. Not, not in this studio. Um, uh, Julia, Backstreet Boys. Now, are you, are you a fan? No. Were you a fan? Never been a fan. Never been a fan. No. Do you know any of the Backstreet Boys? I think, okay, don't tell me. Huh? Nick yep. uh-huh. Lachey. Right? No. No. Oh, who was There he? was a Nick. But oh, there was, was a Nick in, Lachey. But. Was he in NSYNC? Um, Lachey's from 98 Oh, uh, Lachey's 98, 98. Yeah, That's right Degrees? I don't know yeah. any okay. Backstreet Boys Nick though. Carter okay. Nick Carter Oh, yes. okay um, Go ahead, Sam and the, you know, no. I, Yeah, hit it, Sam uh, Come on, back Sure Backstreet Boys Get back. Oh, right All I know is that Nick Carter had like a show On VH1 The reality show Right And yeah. he went like Ape shit on that show For a little bit That's about it Okay Okay I know there's uh, Kevin I know Kevin. there's an AJ Yeah uh, I, I don't know if it's good or bad. You know, I don't any know. Of these. Wow, Adam. I, wow. Right. Uh, can do Come we on. take away his man card now? I, I'm yeah, just well, quick question. Asking for a friend. I, I, I'm not, not yet. <laughs> okay. Not yet. Okay. Yeah. If he starts with the NSYNC <laughs> posters, yeah. Maybe. Um, now, Backstreet Boys. They are starting their residency over at Planet Hollywood. Um, now, what I didn't read is that are they replacing um, Britney? I never played. Uh, I think, no, no, I think they're both I, going yeah, simultaneously. Both. Okay, because playing Hollywood wants all the money, so I mean, yeah, they're making. They? Yeah. yeah, I have not been impressed. I've been, in, uh, I have worked there recently on shoots, uh-huh. and the, the very unimpressive um, group of people there now, especially really? the shopping area. Oh yeah. Oh really? That's yeah. Wow. yeah, it's very. I used to love that's that shopping area. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so well, Backstreet Boys. So the Britney Backstreet. We're just we're we're, we're no, bringing back the nineties. Yeah, there's nobody yeah. new. We're just gonna bring them all back. I think they should bring Def Leppard. Then I'll get interested. There you Ooh, go. Ooh, that's a good one. There good residency, right? See a lot of good nights. Yeah. Okay, Def now, Leppard. Okay, now being the king of trivia, I have some trivia about Def Leppard. Mm. Um, the lead singer, Joe Elliott. Yes, thank you. I, I didn't know the name. The lead singer, Def Leppard, uh, used to have this re- reputation that that in the middle of the concert. He would disappear, go underneath the stage, and everybody thought that he was taking a fan, taking a groupie, uh, and having his uh, his Just way. Having his ten yeah, minutes, lots of sex underneath the stage. stage that was not the case. Uh, what's his name again? Joe Elliott. Joe Elliott. Mr. Elliott <laughs> had a terrible problem. He had Crohn's disease. Oh no. Uh-huh. Yeah, one of my good friends. Yeah. And so, so in the middle of the concert, yep, uh, it. it's a terrible, terrible disease. Yeah. So he was, he was not having fun at all. So that's, uh, that's why he was disappearing. Hmm. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah. During, that, during that's, the show. That's like, double cool. During the show. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. That's double cool in my book because, you know, he had endurance to hang on and perform. And also, it adds to the lore, you know, of all the rock fans. You know I, mean? <laughs> I think this is a great story, but yeah. uh, uh, terrible, terrible situation. That is a terrible disease. Now, not a lot of happenings in, in movie production right now in Las Vegas. Um, however, there was one I found. Uh, not a lot of information on it. I checked IMDb. I checked all the sites. Um, there is a movie called Las Vegas, Vietnam coming out. Um, and the only thing I've found about it is, uh, and we'll have Sam check that out, see if he finds anything. It's Las Vegas, Vietnam. And it's about five different gangs uh, warring on the streets of Las Vegas. So I'm not sure. I, you know, there's, I, there's one trailer that I saw. Yeah, well, you saw something. Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was very, very indie um, looking. Okay. And direct, um, yeah. Produced, um, and it was about five different, you know, racial gangs. Okay. Um, that are kind of trying to buy and take over Vegas. Uh-huh. It seems like yeah. it's modern time. Uh-huh. Oh, so it's not um, about pho. It's not about it's, noodles. Nope. It's not even. <laughs> it's not even based in Chinatown. No. Uh, and they're not all Asian gangs. Nope. Nope. The whites, the blacks, the yeah. Asians, the Mexicans. Okay. It's actually yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to more information about that. We we love to have all the movies shot here. It's uh, all roads lead to Vegas for sure. Uh, Sleepless, of course, is coming out with Jamie Foxx and Jamie Foxx. and his uh, he's a Las Vegas uh, 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 police officer. Right. It's actually already came out and left theaters. As it did it really? Yeah. Did oh it, my god. Was it, it a, was it a bomb? It was terrible. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's one of those situations where it was released, like there was enough press for it. It was one of those last minute release, like, hey, right. come Nobody watch knew this about now. it. Wow. And then uh, it was on commercials a couple times. It was uh, at the Sun Coast for like, I think, almost a month. And then kind of slowly hmm. got, you know, from 10 shows down to seven, sure. down to like two. Wow. Okay. Well, see, I'm behind. Adam, well, you're, no, you're, you, you dropped the ball. You're the With one that what? sees the movies for the for the group, uh, and it's a Las Vegas-based movie too. I should right, say. right. He was a yeah. He's a dirty cop, though, right? Yeah, or they thought he was. He's it's Jamie. Fox. He's a dirty cop who's mm-hmm. trying to rescue his son, who's trying to make up for all his wrongs he did. Okay. So now he was on a mission. All right. Well, everybody picked that up on Blu-ray, uh, and just because he's in Vegas. Yeah. If anybody's seen it, let us know how it is. I guess. All right. One more. One more, and then we'll we'll talk to Julia about all her exciting stuff. Logan, I I know you saw yeah, that. How was it? Actually, uh, Sam and Hal and I all went and saw it. Yeah. Um, we, we got a, We got a he- we got a thumbs up. It was all Two thumbs, thumbs up, up from oh, Hal oh, in the background. Nice. Yeah, it was probably the best X Men movie I've seen. Really? Oh, wow. yeah. I give yeah, four point eight out of five. Really? It really goes in depth in in Hugh Jackman's character as Wolverine. Wow. And and the struggles that he goes through, okay. not not even wanting to do what he wants uh, okay. to protect anybody. Uh-huh. He's, he's done. So did it make up for Wolverine? All right. So in the hierarchy of X-Men movies, you got Wolverine, Uh Origins, and all them on the Uh bottom. Uh This is now my favorite X-Men movie. So, yeah. Oh, wow. It clearly makes up for it. Yeah. Would you see yeah, it, Julia? Yes, you would see yeah. it. Oh yeah. Okay. Are you yeah. a Huge Jackman fan? Huge, 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 huge Jackman fan. Yeah. No, he's awesome. All right. So, Is side he? note, I'm trying to look up more info on Lingus, uh, Las Vegas, Vietnam, the movie. Yeah. Not getting a lot of info yet. Okay. On the online, all, like I all got the information from IMDb, like you guys did right. too. So all right. Much well, we'll keep up with that one. All right. Yeah, I saw I saw a, a clip from Kimmel. Um, I think it was Kimmel, mm-hmm. and uh, Hugh Jackman was on there. And apparently, now after 17 years, he's he's now can eat. Yes, he can finally oh, yeah. have a normal yeah. meal. I mean, yeah, well, yeah, he's been on such a, a diet for. Yeah, he's been so strict for so long. And, and he told everybody for, for so long. 17 years he's been playing it. Okay. Yeah, he told everybody preface it by he said, "Do not do this," but he said the way I do it is three months in advance. I change my diet. I change everything else. Mm-hmm. One week before the shirtless show, I dehydrate myself. Sure. And yeah. then yeah. 
And that's how so, he does it. Say the first part again. What does he do three months before? Three months in advance of the shirtless diet. show, he changes his diet okay. to almost nothing. Oh. There is no diet. It, it, it's straight protein. Straight and, yeah. protein and then hardly anything. And then one week before the shirtless show, he dehydrates himself. Oh, my. And then God. as the body rehydrates itself, uh, he starts to go, yeah, yeah, Swallow exactly. Side, but, yeah. But, uh, side note, on the last film where he was in Japan, he actually got his training tips from The Rock. He was working out yeah. with The Rock and got the protein tip because, like, he's seen how The yeah. Rock uh, shredded and got yeah. that muscle build. So that was what um, Hugh Jackman was going for. So, like, because I follow him on Instagram yeah. and there's a picture of him working out with The Rock. I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. Too much awesome's going on. Well, The Rock, yeah, I've seen Rock's uh, thing and, and he gets up at 2 and 3 and 5 in the morning and eats uh, 10 cups of whitefish. I, I, I couldn't do it. I no, that's dedication. The straight eggs, right? Yeah. Oh, did. yeah. All right, guys. You know, he's been in more um, Wolverine. He's been Wolverine more times right. than uh, Sean Connery. He's been really? seven. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. He also Guinness World Book of Records. Yeah. Just a <laughs> well, Not too hard, I don't think, is it? Well, kind of hard on, on his body. I guess But so. uh, I was going to say for uh, Logan, it's definitely the best amalgamation Wolverine will, will ever see in a while. And I just want to let folks know that they should go watch it. Because, I mean, the story was amazing, the pace, and the action itself. We actually got to finally see Raid R action, and okay. it was Which is, good. It is definitely bloody and gory. It is yeah, don't, don't, don't bring the kids. Yeah. Don't. Um, uh, yeah. But that's his character. It's yeah. part of his development. Kids yeah. got to learn sometime thing. True, true. Yeah. I just don't want that parent to come out and get a yeah. refund for it. You know, it's like, hey, you, you brought him there. <laughs> you didn't know what you were coming to? Just, have, have, yeah, have, take him to Logan and have that little participation trophy. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, our guest is Julia Shoup. Uh, she has a brand new novel out called Barren Waters. And um, Julia, why don't you give us a synopsis of that book? Sure. So um, I really enjoy post-apocalyptic, apocalyptic Here's the visions. Book. Here's the book, guys, right yeah. there. Yeah. Cool cover, huh? Yeah, the digital, you're going to see a, a connector right here in the lower part of the screen for all you people looking at YouTube. Uh, just uh, click on that, and you can go right to Julie. But I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, it's um, the cover. Picking out the cover is probably my favorite part. I really? picked from 97 offerings, and this was my favorite. Excellent. And I just hit it and okay, made a noise. Okay. Um, so... I actually thought of this book, I thought of doing this book in 2007. So there was an article written in 2001 about um, the oceans becoming extinct in the year 2050. And I kind of thought that was ridiculous, but they cite many different reasons, overfishing, mm -hmm. um, you know, all pollution, everything that we think of. Like, that's not very far away. I we're going to be alive, yeah. right? I mean, I can't even imagine that happening. And I, I still don't know that I believe in that time frame, but... Um, I do believe it's happening and I did more research and I started to put a story around it. And so it's basically about uh, father daughter. I'm not going to go into it too much. No, but no, absolutely. A father daughter who um, has to trek across the country to get to San Diego okay. from Tennessee. And um, the setting is the post-apocalyptic post event of the oceans being dead okay. and all of the effects that that has on the environment and you would be surprised at okay. what effects it really does have. Okay. And it's their journey to get there. So. Okay. So we're in a very dry desert environment. So the water has gone away. Yeah. Is it stagnated or has it gone away? Is stagnated. It? Okay. So it's still here. It's just rotten. It's just tubs of empty okay. water. Okay. Wow. Count me in. Sounds very interesting. It okay. is. And in yeah. fact, this happened in history. It's, it was called the Permian Extinction. Mm -hmm. um, and 97% of the 
um, of all wildlife died on the earth, and it was because the oceans died. They became anoxic, which is basically um, a chemical state where um, carbon monoxide mm-hmm. or carbon dioxide right. um, becomes too prevalent. And um, it's happened before, and it could absolutely happen again. So I just kind of okay. thought about what it would be like. Excellent. Now, is it the the uh, the uh, character study? Yes, I mean you're following how many characters through throughout their adventures? So I had to cover two generations. So I've got Jeremy and Samantha, and then I've got Jeremy's parents, Liam and Olivia. And um, so the novel does jump back in time between the two because I wanted to follow mm-hmm. the actual apocalypse and how it happens and what you know how civilization collapses, mm-hmm. but then I, I wanted to get the perspective of the people trying to survive. Okay. So I had to kind of go back and forth, and it actually worked out very well to unveil some secrets and things like that. Wonderful. So. Now, now, you're a new author. Yes. Uh, and you've gone through a lot, I know, uh, to, to get all of your work uh, now out, uh, available to people. Who? What authors influenced you as a writer, not necessarily for this novel, but as a writer? My favorite author is Robin Hobb. Okay. I don't know if you I don't know, know her. Oh, it's a woman, okay. It's a woman. I don't know um, She is a fantasy author, so I really like fantasy work, Lord of the Rings, Terry Brooks, um, you know, I'm a big fantasy, and my other series is you fantasy. speaking my language now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Adam woke up. That was that's just cute <laughs> fantasy. Yeah. Well, good. So, okay. Now, yeah. now, um, uh, as far as the desire to write a novel, you had that obviously. I did. How long did it take you to click out that first chapter? Um, or what did it just come just come right to you? Have you always yeah. been a writer? No. No. Yeah. No. I tried really hard to write this book in 2007 and mm-hmm. failed miserably. Because and of... It, I didn't understand the process. You guys, okay. it's a skill. It's like yes. anything else. You can't you just really sit down and be like, I'm going to write a book today. Yeah. No, you right. can't. And it's like um, the first one you write, if I could show you the first draft, it's embarrassing. It's like a five-year-old wrote it. Um, this is version, you know, right. 11 or yeah. whatever. Right. And... Um, Ultimately, you got to let it go, though, don't you? you oh, gotta, I have to let it just go. It could around. use another, I'm sure. No. Another rewrite. <laughs> the, the worst thing I can do is actually open it up and... Oh, oh no, no, don't do no, that. no, 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 no. Oh, no. Don't do that. <laughs> now, as a, as a female author, mm-hmm. uh, you've mentioned that uh, two of your protagonists are, are men. Yep. D- did you, do you find it easier uh, to write uh, uh, about men, uh, about women? I mean, or are they just characters and, and, and their gender doesn't matter? I actually find it intriguing to write men. Okay. I am a woman. I know how women think. They are ridiculous sometimes. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, <laughs> Hal, Hal agrees. He's in the back just shaking. <laughs> so I have enough. Uh, it's enough of me, right? Okay. It's enough of women. Okay. Um, so I wanted to accept the challenge of writing a man. And um, I don't know. I just I didn't find it really all that difficult. I wrote from the perspective of a father. So Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I. Now you said in 2007 you you, you made your first foray into into writing, um, and it you know didn't go well uh, based on your uh, comments. Yes. Uh, what changed? What Honestly, changed and allow you to to forge ahead and and rip through this book? So two things changed. So I started to I really became obsessed with Robin Hobb, and I really started examining not just the books for the sheer enjoyment of reading. Mm-hmm but the actual mechanics of how she was writing. Okay. 
and I just started to think about, you know, I could at least try it, mm-hmm. see if I could make something come together. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then pair that with, um, I was working in an industry and I still am, but I was working in an industry that I wanted to get out of. And I think there's no better motivation to change your life than, yeah. um, doing something that you perhaps isn't your dream. I'll yeah. put it that way. Yeah. So, um, those two things together, I just thought I'd give it a shot. So you, 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 you enjoy this first and then, and then, okay. And then I think everything else is just gravy. Now, you, obviously it was a very difficult, uh, um, uh, road from 2007 to now present. Yeah. Um, what was, what, what was the more difficult road, the actual getting the words on the page, so to speak, mm-hmm. or the publishing experience? And we're going to move to that next. So, so first, yeah. answer that question. What, what was more? What was more difficult for the the, the, the novice writer? Um, well, it's funny. So everyone thinks you should have an outline, right? When you write, you should have it all outlined. But there's actually new schools of thought that say that makes it. You know, if you're if you've outlined it in your head, then someone reading it could easily see where you're going with it. It's too contrived, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So um, no suspensors. So don't yeah. don't follow formula. No. Just let it flow like jazz. Let it rip. Yeah, gotcha. like just let it rip. And I did. I had a flow. I did a lot of research. And whenever I was stuck or had writer's mm-hmm. block, I would just be like, no problem. I'm going to research. And I would inevitably come across something that I could just weave into the story, you know? You brainstorm so you create another thing yeah. and so for your, plug it in. So for your writing process, was there like any... Uh, certain music or certain um, things you did to help you get into the groove of writing? Like, what helped you get into the groove itself? Um, That's a really good question. I am very fortunate that I have a quiet home. Okay. So it doesn't take much. My job is 10, 11 hours a day, so I really don't have the luxury of getting myself in the groove. When I sit down, I've got to be ready to go. Gotcha. So... um, so is writing your relaxation then? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I nice. Love it. That's cool. Okay, now the publishing experience um, is is different now. I mean, obviously there's the there's the standard publishing experience where, where whereas you have your Pattersons and your Kings and your Kuntzes, uh, and they have a, a, a full-line publishing house, takes care of it all, and those are the big guns. Yeah. But now we have digital content publishing. Back in the day, it used to be called self-publishing, and obviously it, it, it didn't necessarily have the best reputation, but it's changed now, hasn't it? Absolutely. Uh, tell us about putting your toe in that water. Was it a positive experience, a negative experience? Very positive. So what I've noticed is the, um, the community is very welcoming. They don't, it's not competitive, mm-hmm. you know, like other businesses. But um, I think the mistake that self-publishers tend to make is they don't, they don't contract with an editor, with a professional firm to edit their book. Okay. And so I think that's where it kind of gets it. Um, it's kind of received a bad reputation or built a bad reputation. Okay. Um, you, but You flooded the market yeah. with, uh, with everything from good to bad. There's some really bad stuff out there. And, you know, people, Michael Crichton has a really good quote. He said, books are not written, they are rewritten. He mm-hmm. said, the hardest thing for a new author to accept is that even after the seventh rewrite, you still might not have it. Yeah. So, okay. um, you know, you send it into an editor and you get your heart broken a little bit mm-hmm. because they're really rough. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, you go back to the drawing board, you 
retool it. You take another six months, you retool it, you send it back out. So you you actually you garner the editor first, and he and and then then you take us through that part. You have your editor, and you you go through that that structure, and then you have your finished book that's been edited by a professional, mm-hmm. and you take that whole project to what? So then from there, it's really up to you if you're okay. if you're going to do the self publishing. Um, the fir- the most important thing is just to get the book written and. I told myself I would do things one at a time. I wouldn't be overwhelmed by looking at the entire process. So I wrote the content, got it to where I felt. Um, I, I got to a point where I was a month out from publishing, and I started to work on the cover. And I highly recommend 99 Designs. Okay. It's um, if even for anyone who is good at designing covers, you know, as a designer. So basically, you open an account, you publish a contest, and um, any designers can submit covers and they only get paid if they win. And I would choose the winner. So I had 97 submissions for Baron Waters and this was the winner. And um, I really, that It's part your was, choice though. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not chosen for you. Okay. No. Okay. So, okay. So now you have cover art. Mm-hmm. You've been edited. Yep. And, and then, then your next step is? Formatting and publishing. Okay. Um, Amazon is where I'm published and only Amazon because Amazon offers authors a lot of great tools, uh-huh. marketing tools and like things like that. Like metrics and analytics. And, yes. Okay. And um, you can take part in their, um, I'm trying to think of the name of it, uh, Kindle Countdowns. Okay. And um, they do even these free offerings where if you offer your book for free for two days, you typically do that in the beginning to, mm-hmm. to build up some reviews mm-hmm. and you can get a thousand downloads in a couple hours. Like it's kind of amazing. So um, and, Amazon. And, and they, well, and Amazon, I know for a fact, uh, <coughs> uh, uh, they, they have cross content. I mean, they actually will, you can, you can, don't have to be a Kindle subscriber. You don't have to be a Kindle owner for that matter. Uh, you can have it's 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 an ebook format, right? I mean, yeah. It's cross cross format. Okay, yep. all right. Now speaking of that, the the uh, the, the analytics and and all the stats that are, are available. Uh, do you have I- enough numbers now to, to 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 have a demographic pool? Um, I think I can't tell. Here's what I can tell. Um, and one of the the sacred things that happens, and it's beginning to happen with Barren Waters, but on Amazon, there's this nifty tool, anyone out there who has a Kindle, at the bottom, and this is how I read, um, let's say I like Robin Hobb, then at the bottom, <coughs> there's a little uh, thing that runs across the screen, and mm-hmm. it says, um, if for people who like this, we recommend this. That's where you want to be. I mean, okay. that's the sweet spot. Yeah. So a lot of preppers buy mm-hmm. this book. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people just, they pick a genre they like and they just go from book to book to book to book. Okay. So you try and hook into those best-selling books and it says, you know, others who bought this bought this. And mm-hmm. I've started to hook into a couple. Yeah. So now I notice when they get better, I get better. Okay. Now now we have we have your paperback here, which yep. I'll show on the, on the screen again. Um, is this a dying... Uh, format. Yeah, so we talked no. this before, like uh, yeah. with retail stores being uh, you know, the wayside. You know, maybe paper books now are the wayside. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you had the numbers to see if the digital sales are more than your, it's your definitely sales. more digital. But that's a price point issue. So this is actually twelve ninety nine. It's it costs so much. So I'll just okay. be honest. Um, out of twelve ninety nine, it's eight dollars and ninety six cents to do. Right. Um, right. 
and then Amazon gets 30% of the rest, and then I get the rest. Okay. <laughs> so it's very small yeah. potatoes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you're a person out there who likes to read, $12.99 is not very attractive. No. Whereas, um, you know, on Amazon, I'm running a special right now, it's mm-hmm. 99 cents, but it's typically $2.99. Right. And, right. and I buy most books between, you know, 99 cents to three ninety nine. Okay. So I think it is dying, but not yet. There's a lot of people that like uh, it. Ninety nine cents. Do you get more of a a cut of the ninety nine cents? No. So Amazon Prime extortion. (laughs) Yeah. No, they're great. Now it's all volume. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Now take us through how to find your book, Baron Waters. Yep. A post apocalyptic tale survival. I I have my 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 e reader, my my Kindle, my Fire, my my whatever. Yep. And what take us through the easiest way to get to your book and start reading. So the easiest way is just to go on Amazon, um, and you can purchase on Amazon, or you can go into your Kindle e-reader and um, connect that way. Okay. Um, but that's it. It's really easy. Amazon makes it really easy. Okay. And as now as Amazon, regardless of the cross formatting, is that, that's where to find it. Yep. I mean, that that's your base of operations right mm-hmm. there at Amazon. And what, um, what, how have they categorized it? Is there a category? Yes. So it's post, you can categorize it into three, and it's okay. post-apocalyptic. Um, and I think mine is action-adventure. Okay. But, um, okay. yeah. All right. Well, the, again, it's Barren Waters, and the author, her last name is Shoup, S-H-U-P-E. And uh, everybody on Amazon, anybody that already has it, uh, you love reviews, Yes. I will shamelessly ask everyone to give yeah. me a review if they're going to yeah. read the book. And I know three guys that are going to do it. Yeah. I've already done mine. Okay. Yes, you have. Right. Honest reviews All right. are accepted. Now, that's right. That's right. Yep. Now, it's, it's, it's a great book. It's five stars. Uh, but um, not your only one. No. Now, you have upcoming uh, a novel series coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the series is, I think I, I, I misstated this earlier, the series is The Sentinels of Kiln. That's yes. the series? Okay. And then the first book in the series is? It is um, will be. Woven Realms. <laughs> Woven Realms. And it's out now. It's out now. As is book number two. Okay. Woven Quests. Okay. And then the last one will be Woven Destinies. Okay. And, Which is um, due out when? That one, not for probably a year. And this sounds more like a Terry Brooks novel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, now is the third the the final? The or? third will be the final. Okay. Okay. So uh, again, it's it's Sentinels of Kiln, woven woven realms, realms, and then the the penultimate is the second one is is woven quests, woven quests, and the yeah. third one will be and woven destiny. And this is more of a fantasy novel. Yes. I take it? And yeah. In a year. Yeah. What, what's the matter? Um, we're writing something else. <laughs> we'll, yeah. busy. we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Now, now um, the, the overall synopsis of the Sentinels series uh, is what? So if you're a fan of the genre, it's obviously magic, right? Everything is uh, magic and um, people discovering their abilities and the fight against good and evil. Okay. It never gets tired for me. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard. The genre is really saturated. Uh-huh. But um, I think I have something special. I think the um, what I've tried to do is I really liked in Star Wars, um, and I wished I always wish they had done more of this. Um, when you talk about Darth Vader, I always wanted to know how he became Darth Vader, right? Like I want. So I started the series at the beginning. 
the the young boy who is eventually going to become. That's how the good people turn bad, right? Yes, right. I wanted to show. He's mm-hmm. a, in the first book. You know, you you fall in love with him, and even the second book, but you start seeing how the abuse that he endures and you know is starting to turn him a little bit. Okay. So, um, right. and then he discovers a great power, and um, well, so eventually, how he use that power. Right? Yeah, how is mm-hmm. he use it? And to you know, the environment he was raised in, his, um, it's adult material. Uh-huh. I'll go there. Good. His mother was, um, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I like adult material. Yeah. So uh, his name is Adkin Pell, and his mother um, is um, a prostitute. Okay. And um, so it kind of just shows how he turns, and so I kind of, I hope he captures readers. So he kind of had a rough up, life already. Did they grow up in Vegas? No. <laughs> it's back then. Oh. <laughs> Medieval Vegas. Yeah. What was his uh, metachlorian count? Just wondering. <laughs> now, a little uh, tr- uh, more useless trivia, you know, because I, you mentioned it and I watched the show yesterday. There's a documentary called I Am Your Father. It's on Netflix. Uh, and it is about the person who, his name is David Prowse. He is the person who played Darth Vader in all of the original films. He's the guy in the costume. Oh. Uh, it's an amazing story about how he, well, essentially was he, they sc- screwed him. Um, uh, he, he gave 16 years, I think, a, a total of his life to this character and this role and this production and literally found out uh, from uh, a, a, a reporter that they were filming the actor that was going to be shown when the mask came off in another room. It was not going to be him. And the whole documentary is about how, how, how you were shaking your head. Yes. Um, yeah. What? David Prowse, look that. it up. Look it up. He gave his entire life to Darth Vader. They so, were going to take the so mask off and they hired somebody else. They didn't use his, his voice. His no. face. Yeah, he didn't he give knew, any credit. Now, now he knew he knew James Earl Jones right. was going to play uh, the, the, the the vocal character. But yeah, all the whole time. And then he found out from a, a stranger, a reporter, what? that said, you, you're, you're It's not, not going to be you. Thanks for your it. hard work. Yeah, you're not it. Oh, man. So, so theoretically, he got paid in thank yous then, right? <laughs> That's what happened. Ouch. Wow. Now, Julia, you, uh, now, uh, again, we're going to Sentinels of Kiln. Yep. Give me, the, give me the Wovens again. Woven Realms. Woven Realms. That's the first one. Again, Julia Shoup. Yep. Baron Waters, ro- wo- uh, the Woven Realms. Now... The, uh, the, the, there's, a, there's a third one coming out, right? There's a third series. There is, and it's the Stone series. And I, this is where I'm going to try and dabble in uh, crime. Okay. Um, and again, I do tend to write dark, so it's a little bit dark. I'm, nice. Yeah, it is. I enjoy dark. I do like, too. Uh, one of my favorite books I read was uh, Dean Kuhn's The Surgeon. Oh, that I love was, him. That That's was dark. so good. I enjoy the darkness of it. Like, I remember uh, I was in, uh, I think, seventh or eighth grade. Read the first couple pages, I was hooked. I was yeah. just hooked right away with the murder scene. Oh, Seventh I know. and eighth grade, you're already, you're already into that darkness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, pretty far into this, and okay. I'm, I'm writing portions of it from the um, perspective of the murderer, okay. of the serial killer. Mm-hmm. So nice. um, I always thought that was, as a reader, I always think about what do, what do I wish people would do? And I wish I would see what that person is thinking. That's kind of what I'm interested in, right? Okay, okay. Now, when book... Hopefully this will be a long-running series like uh, like yeah. Corn- Cornwell. Like you can go through the entire alphabet twice. Um, yeah, right. When's the, now you're planning for for Christmas release? Um, October first would be great of but this year. Of this year, good. But I don't know. It's um, 
It's a tough thing. Yeah. yeah. Now, do you see yourself utilizing the, the, the publishing techniques that you've already utilized? Do you see going through that same process? I do. Yeah, I okay. definitely do. I think um, they really, I mean, I know it, it's, you can't even believe on day one that it eventually becomes this, mm-hmm. but it's really not that hard. Even, yeah. you know, you, and you find yourself doing things you've never done, making yourself a website. I didn't know I could right. make it. I mean, you they make it easy. hats when you're trying to uh, produce something by yourself yeah. or in a small group. Now, now website, here, yeah, another okay. shameless plug. It's www.juliashoop.com. Again, it's www.juliashoop.com. It's going to be down here again somewhere. I'm going to point there where it's supposed to be. Uh, and uh, so they can connect to all of your, all the series, right? Yep. Uh, informationally. Yes. Now, can you order through your website yet? You can click on the button. It'll take you directly to Amazon. Okay. So. Okay. Very good. You can't, can't sell without Amazon. It's against the rules. That's, That's right. They own That's you. That's right. Now, number one thing you would change about your experience. Not that it was negative, but what, it, what, it, what as Vanessa, Vanessa, right, Vanessa Stone, yeah. as it, as it uh, crests the hill, mm-hmm. um, what do you think you'll have learned and changed? Um, I think technique for me is just something that's ever evolving. Um, I think, um, you know, the rewrite process, this, the, the self-publishing process, there's really nothing wrong with it. Editing is very expensive. But um, it's kind of a necessary evil. Yeah. But um, just the technique, really. That's your number one expense. Niche. Oh yeah. Really. Oh yeah, thousands. Okay. It's a lot of money. So we don't either. edit. We don't like them. We don't like them. No. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're a lot of money. But um, it. I think just the you know kind of shaping and honing my technique. That's yeah. That's the hardest part. Great. How, How do you find, find the you? easiest way to do things? The easiest way. Um, I, I really don't experience writer's block. And the reason I don't is I always start by just reading what I wrote the day before. And it kind of inserts you back into the story. Now, well, that's a good question. You know, I didn't even think about this. How, how do you write? Do you have a laptop? I do. Desktop? I have a laptop. You have a laptop? Yep, I have a laptop. And um, are you, are you, uh, the, 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 I had, I had the, uh, the, the extreme pleasure to, to photograph Julia's uh, uh, rear book covers and, uh, and and informational pages, and had a great time doing that. But I always find I always have to laugh that it's such a beautiful picture and a beautiful woman. But you don't write that way. You're you're probably just hunched over your desk and or, or oh, I mean, are yeah. you very relaxed? Are you outside? I mean, how, how, what's your process? This year, I want to be outside, so I'm trying to get some patio furniture for that. But <laughs> <laughs> that's Baron Waters again, folks. Yeah. She needs patio furniture. It's right ninety nine cents, everybody. <laughs> so how do you balance uh, writing all these multiple? stories at once or do you do like one book at a time one one at a time yeah okay. one at a time one at a time that's yeah. all i can manage i know james patterson writes three or four at a time he's a he's a freak though I mean, that's one way to like crazy. dodge the writer's block i guess is to work on multiple storylines yeah that could be but yeah. he's a pro yeah he gets yeah. it yeah he does <laughs> yeah, way too much going on to focus on more than one thing yeah okay now i'm gonna i'm gonna go back i forgot to ask one thing um uh regarding the the analytics and the statistics um, because you're involved with uh, the digital content publishing, and and the whole and all the methods, uh, you one of your target audiences that I can tell, uh, especially post-apocalyptic, and you have your fantasy and true crime, uh, is, are going to be the millennials. 
And we love to talk about the millennial. Oh, you guys love that. We love topic. that word. Yeah. 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 If you buy Baron Waters, you get a participation trophy. It comes for free. Yeah. That's the bookmark. <laughs> no, I, 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 I kid. But um, do you do you look at your demographics? I mean, do you do you look at the millennials? Do you look at the like for my mother, for example? I, I've told about this, and and she will. Uh, people of her generation rip through these books, and they prefer hardcover. They do. Oh yeah. yeah. They want that. Well, I, you know, I, I, I personally would, uh, but um, they, they tear through these. But what, what is your audience? What is your audience? Do you, is it too diverse to even speak of? Or? It's too diverse. It is. Okay. Yeah. I All wish right. that Amazon kind of gave a little more data on that, but they really don't. Okay. There's nothing they can really do. Well, what we spoke of last week uh, with John Thorpe is the is the or, uh, and even before is the fact that the millennial generation right now is the most influential generation as far as as purchasing and yes. marketing. But they are they have this this technique I will call it of of purchasing where they like oh, they'll look at a couple of, oh okay and then, oh okay and yeah. and and so does does that change the way you write do you change the way you write to your demographics or do you write the book that you love and hope that your demographics will love it I, honestly I have to write a book I love okay yeah okay. and I think that was one of the things that the editor that I worked on mm-hmm. particularly for this book mm-hmm. you know she did try and get me to make some changes, which I think were good, good advice. Okay. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think obviously the content of the book being environmental, you know, not to, I don't really like to get political or anything, but mm-hmm. I think, you know, any thinking man and woman out there would agree that something's happening in the ocean, right? Right. right. Yep. The, um, Pacific garbage patch is there and five mm-hmm. other garbage patches exist right. and will exist forever in the ocean. Now mm-hmm. they're, thousands of miles long. So, you know, whatever side of the fence you're on, I think you can at least um, respect that the environment's changing. So there's a definite demographic there for um, that interest. If if anything, I think your book's going to be an eye-opener. Like, they're going to read it, and then the fandom selves that read it are going to be more interested, and they're going to hop on Google, do the research, and hop into a rabbit hole about, you know, finding the truth on their own. But yeah. I think that's a good, good opening door for the fan, definitely, to read about it. And then maybe um, maybe it can become Baron Waters the movie one day. There you go. Oh, nice. I'm, I'm going to do I, a shout out here. Yes. There you go. Matthew Fox. <laughs> Matthew Fox. Matthew <laughs> Fox. The perfect Jeremy Colt. The, okay. His father can be played by Hugh Jackman. Yeah, yeah perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Costner in America is the water world, right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Matthew Fox. So there's, so there's a polar bear in your book? Yeah. Or is, it, or is there a party of five in the book? No, I just, you know what's funny yeah, about you're Matthew? You're too young to know that, show. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if there's any Lost fans out there, but um, there you go. I thought it was funny. I was re-watching, re-watching Lost a couple months ago, and if you just go on and you pick, pick an episode, any Lost, Matthew Fox cries in every episode, right? Well, it's He's of the writing, a great crier, amazing. right? Yeah. So I just thought, oh, great. He'd be perfect. Uh, amazing? Amazing. Wow. Yeah, every episode. It's Lost? like a mind blower, yeah. Oh, I Lost. love it. Yeah. I love oh, it, too. How, seriously? Absolutely. You don't I, I love it. Best oh, my God. Of all time. I loved it. Yeah. How, loved it. Sci-fi fans are like... How far do you guys get into my, Lost? My panel has I've turned I've seen every episode. Oh, yeah. Lost? Oh, yeah. Really? I'm going to oh, yeah. grab my really? pitchfork. Hey, oh, my God. I'll explain to you how in-depth I am with Lost. When I was watching it, I'd follow the... I'd follow the Tangier website. Called the secret phone number they had. Oh yeah, and also like all the secret little emails on the website. Like it was actually a game within the movie or the TV show itself. 
the end of you every episode, <laughs> I had like I had you know all these questions and uh, about life. Yeah. About, you know, you know, it was crazy. Oh my god! Really in depth into the show. Oh, are we are we are we getting fired, Adam? I feel like well, we're getting fired. Yeah. <laughs> Are we getting yes. replaced? So, so, oh my. Well, no, it, the, the loss, I'll have, instead of saying something silly, I'll have to say that, that, that it, you didn't absolutely lose faith in, in Lost's format when they at the end were like, yeah, it was all a dream. You, you, that didn't bother you, huh? Well, at the end is open-ended interpretation. Kind of yes, it was an interpretation, open-ended. Like, they didn't lock it down. I, I find that as a as a as a, and, and I'll be honest, I didn't watch to the end. I, I watched the end. Gotcha. And, um, uh, but I, well, as you a, as all a, the best parts. As a, yes, I, I'm sure. Well, they, yeah, no. I, no. The, I, I would lose I would lose faith in 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 my TV watching uh, prowess. Uh, if I were to say it, it was good, it wasn't. I didn't. Well, I, it, yes, it it was a phenomenon, um, but I think at the end, people were like, "Oh, horse shit! There's no way that they just did that." It was. Uh, it's tantamount to what happened. Um, who shot Jr.? Oh, that was terrible. But it was the same thing. Yeah. It was the same thing. Oh, it was a dream. Yeah, but you're right. Matthew Fox cried. Okay, so Matthew Fox, Baron Waters. When you get that screenplay across your desk. Have a good cry and call Julia Shoop. That's right. That's right. All right, Julia. <laughs> let's let's run down. Let's run down one more time. All of the uh, uh, contact for Julia. Now it's Baron Waters, a post-apocalyptic tale of survival, uh, and that's out now. Everything is on Amazon, so you can connect to her that way. And I'm going to let you do this, uh, the Sentinels one. Sentinels as the first two of the series out. Yes. Yes. Okay. The first two are out. That's the Sentinels of Kiln series. So you would look up Woven Realms and then Woven Quests. And then the the third one coming out, which we're all expecting far quicker than October. Is uh, yeah. Vanessa, Vanessa, the stone series. Yes, Carved in Stone will Carved be the first stone. book. Okay, yeah. but the easiest way it seems like uh, for all you millennials out there is, is your .com, yes? Yes. Okay, www.juliashoop.com. That's S-H-U-P-E, juliashoop.com, and you can uh, connect to her there. Uh, Facebook presence, yes, you have all the, all the, all the connectivity. Oh, okay. yeah, you have to. Twitter, sure. Yeah. Okay. Twitterverse. Right. So everybody, uh, start letting her know that you heard this and that, that you're interested in her book. She loves reviews, so please do that. Uh, and uh, Julia, it's now time for Area 52. Do you nice. know about this section? I do. I've been okay. listening. Yeah. Excellent. Very good. Well, Area 52 is a, is a nod to all the interesting things that people may not know about Las Vegas. Um, I try to pick out a couple of things that they absolutely don't know. Um, dealers in Las Vegas are predominantly, now I'm going to get a comment about this, but they're predominantly women. Uh, and uh, the, there was a time when Las Vegas had no women dealers at all. The first casino to ever hire, uh, actually the, the hire the first female dealer, it was the only hired one. I imagine, uh, sorry to interrupt, yeah. all the dealers were in suit and ties back then. Yes. Right? So, oh, I yes. can imagine. Yeah, they, it was back when, when Vegas it had a little... Or bow ties. Had some style, yeah. And you can see Frank Sinatra for free. You know, yeah, as, yeah, as long yeah. as you're paying into the casino yeah, or had the mob connection. No, no, my, no, not at all. My, my mother and father saw uh, 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 Dean and Frank and Sammy for free in the lounge. At the Sands? At the Sands. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, because those guys were just hanging out, right? Yeah. Basically. They were just hanging just out, a couple drinks. Yeah. Now, everybody was dressed to the nines. Sure. 
and oh, you, definitely. And you, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, no, absolutely for free. Yeah, was, I really I really dig and miss the old school style. Like, oh, yeah. when oh, you yeah. watch the old school Ocean's Eleven movie, you're like, mm-hmm. man, that's such a good timeline. Oh, like, that's, that's, yeah. that's awesome. Absolutely. But the first casino to hire a female dealer was the Silver Slipper. And uh, uh, that was also uh, uh, involved in the first casino to ever attempt to have a non-smoking casino, which was a disastrous failure. <laughs> yeah. The other thing is, is that there's a lot of casinos that, that are, exist today as their brand. In this case, the horseshoe, Binion's Horseshoe. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the namesake is Benny Binion. He was a big poker player and a cowboy back in the day. And uh, the, the uh, uh, Ted Binion was involved in a, a controversy here regarding... Murder and buried silver, and we'll get into that. That was kind of a cool story. But uh, the horseshoe actually has a hidden walkway. Uh, it's not too hidden nowadays, but it's, it was a hidden walkway that used to go to what was used, used to be called the Mint. And it was taken over by the horseshoe. But there is a hidden walkway where you go sort of underneath and over and across, and you go from the horseshoe to the Mint. Now, it's all the horseshoe now. There actually is, um, and I don't know if it's publicly accessible anymore. It used to be a dealer. Uh, the, the dealers used to go there for breaks uh, to smoke and, and whatever. Now, was this when the Horseshoe was just a hotel, or was this a casino hotel, and they kind of inter- you know, interacted with each other? Uh, the, the, the Mint, they were both casinos and both hotels. Hmm. And so the, the Horseshoe, to my knowledge, uh, uh, assimilated the Mint. Uh, and uh, so there, there's that little crossover there. I think, unfortunately, now I think they've converted it to, um, which the typical conversion is, uh, is a garbage pickup. <laughs> so I mean, you can cross over there, but uh, uh, the, the, but uh, it's, um, yeah, it's very interesting. A lot, a lot of those crossovers, as far as it's uh, the, all these, and I'll try to find more about that. So but, I looked up uh, the Silver Slipper, and a funny fact on that one is mm-hmm. it was originally named the Golden Slipper. Okay. Because um, somebody had already taken the Silver Slipper as their name. Really? So funny thing between the Golden Knights now, the hockey team, oh, yeah. and they were supposed to be the Silver Knights yeah. or the Golden Knights, and then this one was kind of similar. Wow, well, I didn't know that. Wow, interesting. Well, uh, uh, a huge thanks to Julia Shoup for coming onto the show, and uh, we, we wish her the best with all of her new novels and all of her work. Uh, we, we look forward to seeing everything, and you get five stars from us for sure. Oh, thank you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you guys having me. Next week, our topics are going to include the resurgence of board games, which, which is a huge topic. I get another fi- uh, thumbs up from yeah. Hal in the background. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Hal. day about that. Thanks for being here. I uh, appreciate that. Um, and uh, indie films and the content stream. stream. Um, uh, obviously, if, uh, if, if we get Matthew Fox to do the screenplay and then ultimately do the movie, he's going to stream on Netflix, and, and that, that, that's, so that affects you directly. Great. <laughs> get on board, Matthew. You got the dollar bills. The next Oscar-winning that's role. Right. Oh, my, well, you know, when YouTube is starting <clears throat> to produce films, Hulu... Um, you know, everybody, everybody. Oh yeah. Plus, uh, Netflix Straight been releasing Netflix a lot of trailers too. this week. Yeah. Like Brad Pitt has a movie coming out. So is Will Smith. Yeah. yeah I was Smith. surprised. You know, Amazon and Netflix were represented, uh, in, uh, Golden Globes and the Oscars. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's here to stay. If uh, Suicide Squad can do it, so can we. That's right. That's right. But, uh, thanks to everyone listening and watching. You can catch the Pod Bay Door on the Podbean app or any of your favorite podcast apps, including iTunes. Google Play, TuneIn, and Stitcher Radio. You can watch our show on our YouTube channel, at the Pod Bay Door. Please download, like, and subscribe. We'd love to see all your responses. Our social connectivity screen is coming up. Check in with us on Facebook, Twitter, and WordPress. The Pod Bay Door is closed, and talent is out.
Please join us next week on the Pod Bay Door when we welcome our guest, Danette Tull. She is the Film Resource Coordinator at the Nevada Film Office, as well as the executive producer of the Nevada Women's Film Festival. Our topics will include the film industry in Nevada, local and indie production in the city of Las Vegas, rules and regulations of Nevada filmmaking, and upcoming films and festivals. Hey, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning into the show. We would love to hear your show suggestions and comments. If you're watching on our YouTube channel, please click to subscribe. You can also connect with us on Facebook using at PBD Podcast, on Twitter using at TPBD Podcast, and on WordPress at thepodbaydoor.wordpress.com.